I have a question for you today, Jeffrey. If you were a tree, what tree would you be? Um, oh, man, that's a hard one. Probably, though, I got some favorites. Um, I think I'd have to go with the aspen. Why? Um, they're the largest, if not the largest, or one of the largest living organisms on the planet because of their root structure and how you see one aspen that's not just a tree. It, you see a grove of aspens. Oh. That is a that is an aspen. That's like mushrooms. But they're also gorgeous and they're high. Yeah, they are real pretty. High up in the mountains and um, uh, the way their leaves sort of react in the. I don't know. I do love a ponderosa pine. You ever smelled a ponderosa pine? No, I don't think I have. Or if I have, I didn't know I was. Ponderosa pines have a. They sort of come in some flavors: butterscotch, chocolate, or vanilla. You're lying. I am not. What do you mean? Yeah, if you ever find me in the middle of the woods in a grove of ponderosa pines, I might my nose just might be leaning against the bark because of <laughs> how they smell. So, do you like the butterscotch or the chocolate, or what did which oh, one do you like? Butterscotch. Yeah. Butterscotch. Yeah. I like a good Werther's. Yeah. <laughs> a good butterscotch Werther's, but I don't think you can just like go up to like. A ponderosa pine and like, Werther's don't grow on ponderosa pines. No, they do not. Oh, okay. Now you well. got me thinking about trees. I have a lot of favorite trees. I like trees. I just got a tree from City of Dallas. I'm going to plant it in my front yard. What'd you get? I got a Mexican plum. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just because it has like really pretty flowers and it's small. I don't have a giant front yard, so I'm going to start small with that. And it's native. And it's native. That's right. Um... What are we talking about today? That was like our James Lipton kind of like little segue. <laughs> what kind of tree would you be? No, we just we just started our brand new season last night. Yep. Uh, first re first rehearsal of the first show of the sixty first season. Good lord, Lizzie, um, directed by Shama Nithyananda, musical directed by Gary Adler, with an incredible cast. We're so excited, but we had already had auditions for Lizzie. Yeah. Yeah, because things move super fast around here we got to a point where we were like okay we've got to audition at least for lizzie and just the way the union works you have to have a certain amount of days before you can announce auditions so that union members can sign up first it's a crazy thing of how it all gets done so we were able to just kind of get our act together to audition for lizzie a few months ago and so we had that cast um knowing that we would start tonight but last week, we just went through the rest of our generals. We just did three full days of auditions for the rest of the season. Uh, how did you feel about it? I felt really good. Uh, the biggest turnout we've had in a very long time, a combination of familiar faces, lots of brand new faces, all really great auditions. Mm -hmm. um, it was interesting to me, you know, when we would see someone like Paul Taylor or, you know, someone like Taylor Harris or someone like someone, someone who, who has experience auditioning and is kind of known around town and stuff, coming in and going like, ooh, I haven't done one of these in a long time. <laughs> and then, of course, they kill it because they're awesome, yeah. you know? Um, mixed in with, um, with the brand new folks who are just like fresh-faced and eager to get out there and work. It was really, really nice. Um, I, what, what I really like, we had three full days, we had almost 300 people. It's just like, 
I have to admit, looking, I don't super look forward to the days because you know you're going to be sitting there for a long time watching sometimes one monologue show up like over and over again, which is fine because you get to see it different ways. And then I get in the room and I'm sitting with you and I'm sitting with Joel and Danielle and you know everybody else who's directing and it becomes really fun. Like it, it becomes just like a fun day of, of doing the thing that we all love to do and, and auditions oddly become a reminder of oh yeah, we do this because we love working with these people and I love hanging out with my friends and and that kind of thing. So it's like something that I'm like, oh my God, it's going to be a drudge. It turns out to not be a drudge. It turns out to be super fun. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 was, it was very enjoyable. You know, one of the things before I forget it, because I, I thought about this while we were having generals, um, because we always have a muse, uh, somebody accompanying on the piano for people who are singing... Um, and Cody Dry and Von K. Bowling um, traded off there. Uh, while we didn't officially partner with any other theater um, for these generals, people coming into these auditions sort of unofficially are auditioning for other places because people like Vonda and Cody who play all over town mm -hmm. and sit in these other auditions are also going, oh, you know what? This person yeah. might be great over here. Right. Um, and that's for directors too, but I thought it was, it seemed really sort of important for the music directors mm -hmm. um, because they also give us a vast amount of information about people coming in that we're considering. They yeah. just, they, they know everybody. They know everybody. They know everybody. And I have to give props to Vonda and Cody. Uh, it's afterwards, I was text texting with Vonda, and she's one of my very great friends. So, like, you know, we text all the time, but. I just had to tell her, I'm, I'm always so in awe of her and of Cody, people like Cody, or someone like Gary Adler, who is musical directing Lizzie. They sit at the piano all day not knowing what's going to come at them yeah. during, you know, for eight hours, for the next eight hours. And they just put a piece of paper or put their iPad in front of them, and they just go. They play, and they know everything. And then sometimes... A director like Joel will be like, hey, what else do you have? And the actor will be like, I have this other thing, but I don't know the music. And Vonda's like, I do. And she just like plays it. Or somebody will say, I have a rock song. And she just gets it in front of her. And she, I, I'm just in awe of them and their skill and their facility with just in like the 10 seconds that they have to talk to the auditioner. Um, of getting the feel for like, I know what you want, let's do it. And I don't know, it's just an amazing thing to watch. They're so gracious and open and for eight hours they're on. Yeah, and the people coming, everyone coming in who who is auditioning for um, a musical, they're coming in with a book too. That is equally amazing to me. You know, there's always, we love to paint the the straight play actors versus the musical theater actors that pitted mm -hmm. against each other, all those things. Um, but the, having to come in with a book of songs you are prepared to sing 32 bars of yeah, at is any given unbelievable. Time. Yeah, it's, it's, really, it's yeah. super, super, super impressive to me. It's, and, and I say that from, from a place of I'm a terrible auditioner. I have always been a terrible auditioner. I am much better at a cold reading 
I'm really good at a cold reading. But coming in with a prepared monologue always makes me, I don't know, it just gives me anxiety. And it's odd because I'm a really good monologue coach. But me doing it is, um, it, it causes me no end of anxiety. I would rather come in and get a side and just do a cold read and then adjust in yeah. the room. Um, I'm much more comfortable coming in. I don't know. I think there's a sense of like, well, I'm not prepared. So like, I can't prepare. So anything that comes out in the room is just what's going to come out in the room and you like it or you don't like it, you know, which might be kind of a cheat, but that's, that's how it's always been for me. I imagine that you're a good monologue person. Um, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'm decent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the amount of like, um, broadcast work that you get. Yeah. I mean, Steph, the mechanics of memorizing something quickly and doing yeah. it. I, like I had to, I remember I did, uh, I was called back for a few good men at Casa Manana many years ago. And I, I don't remember exactly how it went. I think I went into audition for a different role and then they handed me the, like the Kiefer Sutherland role and he, they handed me a monologue of his and I went out uh, and in 10 minutes, they called me back in and I'd had it in my head. And I did my God. It off book. Um, That's like so impressive. That's a huge flex. Well, and there's a lot of argument. Like my wife and I are, you know, argue discuss. is a strong, discuss this because she, uh, she rather go into an audition, like if she's doing sides with it, or be very familiar and have it in her hand. Mm -hmm. um, um, and there's an argument there because you're less worried about, um, you know, recalling the lines and mm -hmm. you're just focused on the scene. I am the opposite. I'm like, I rather, I, I'd rather I be off book, even if I have to memorize, yeah, memorize you could, five pages That's how you were in scene. the room for Virginia Woolf. Yeah. I mean, I can hold the thing in my hand and like not have to worry about, I, I know the gist of the scene and then can go back if I need to like get language. And you were just off book, uh, which is also always amazing to me. And I can't remember anyone's name or anything else. That is the only thing I can remember. No, but I mean, everybody was everybody was really good and really, I mean, the thing, you know, and it's like we've already had them, but the thing that we always want to make clear for actors coming into these auditions is that everybody, and not just us, I think everywhere you go as an actor, you have to remember that everybody in that room wants you to succeed. Nobody wants you to fail because they're looking for someone, right? So every every person that walks in is the the potential role, and you you really you see a spark and you want them to succeed. Um, so just to put that out there for anyone who's listening, if if that causes you any kind of like um, I don't know assuages your anxiety about going to auditions, that's really what it's like for us too. And sometimes my Sometimes my favorite situations are when like a young, young, greener actor comes in and you can tell, you can tell they're a little nervous and it's so sweet. It's so sweet to me and they kind of like, you know, stumble over words and everybody kind of just rallies around that person and says, it's okay, take a breath, you're great, just look at me, you're going to be fine and then they're able to get through it and it's like a small victory for everybody in yeah. the room. And it, that happened, I'm not, of course, not going to call anyone out specifically, but there were people who, who you know, veterans or whatever, yeah. who had to start over on things too. And that has, everyone goes in nervous. I don't care who you are. There's right. a, there's a bit of nerve there. But sometimes you just have a brain fart. 
And what I think what we enjoy seeing is how people not enjoy it, but what makes you feel good about the process and the people who are coming in, those that come in and that are able to just reset themselves or recenter themselves and go on. Yeah. Yeah. Right, because you're going to be doing that in the room. And sometimes that's even more impressive. Like sometimes that's the thing that gets you the role is that if you do mess up and you recover and you just go, I'm going to start again. And then you keep going or you forget a word in the moment and you keep, you find a way to move through. That's actually the thing that is, that is going to impress the people who are auditioning you. Um, and there's literally no rhyme or reason to, like once you leave the because this happened in every possible way in our auditions, people who got redirected in the room, mm -hmm. others who came in and were in and out really quickly, um, people who had to start over, mm -hmm. all of those things, like there's no sort of category we put you in. Because some people we redirect because we don't know them and want to see what the, the capabilities. Right. Some people we go, you know what, you did not find that monologue. So we're going to mm -hmm. give it to you. Like there's so many different things. So when you leave the room, as long as you know you went in prepared and... You did the best in that moment. That. You, you succeeded. Yeah. You, I, like I always tell my students, auditions are just like you going in and showing them the best three minutes of your life. Like show them the best three minutes of your life and show them who you are as a person to, to, to work with, right? Take the note, re, like do something different. If they ask you to do something different, it doesn't mean they don't like you. It just, you, you never know what the auditioner is thinking. Um, so if you go in, you say your name, you say some words, people have a laugh and you leave, you succeeded. Um, yeah. Um, I was gonna say something else and, and I forgot, but go ahead. The uh, so okay, <laughs> be careful how I say this because I don't want to get in trouble. Yeah, we got in trouble um, a few years ago. Uh, what what was interesting? I saw more of this than any other time in auditions, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It was just, and I'm I'm curious if it's being taught because we saw so much of it, mm -hmm. where you go in the room and um, you know you slay it or tell us what you're doing. And then often actors would take a, a healthy amount of time to like just center themselves. Get in this. Get in. Not a, not if they had to start over, but just like when they began, they mm -hmm. would just like take all of this time. Like it became a performance unto yeah. itself. Well, I think that like <laughs> it, it, there's different schools, you know, because there are there. I I've I used to teach. I now just run the class, but I used to teach at Booker T as adjunct faculty for many years and I got the seniors and by the time the seniors came to me they already had a way of being told how to go into auditions and a lot of the times I would get into class and I would say don't do that and they'd be like but that's what they told me to do and I was like ah okay I have to find a way to marry what they've been taught as as baby freshmen into what is actually happening out in professional world, and there, like, there's not, there's not only one way to skin a cat, Jeffrey. And like, sometimes people say, th th their school says, do not look an auditioner in the eye. Yeah. Always choose a space behind the auditioner, uh, and or the auditor, what, or the person who's auditioning you. Um, I don't agree with that. 
I like it when a performer, I mean, as long as they don't come up and stand like six inches away from your face or whatever, <laughs> I, I don't mind it when, when someone who's auditioning looks me in the eye. If that's what they want to do, if that's what helps them be more centered, if that's what helps them to get the monologue out, I am happy to, I am often, and I, I, th this process, because I was sitting in the center of everybody, I often became the person that the actors would kind of like make eye contact with. So I was like, oh, okay, my job today is to make myself available and receive what this actor is giving me so that they feel good about what they're doing. Just, and that's fun. I thought it was, I just thought it was interesting. Again, no one, I didn't, no, no. I didn't do any negative marks no, for no, someone no. who took a moment to get ready, but it was the, the some, amount of some, people who did that, I was like, are they? Are, some people are taught to do that. Some people, I, in the old days at Booker T, yeah. the kids were told, you know, do a, like a, a preparation thing. And me personally, I don't, it's not going to count against you no. when you come in no. to audition for me. That's not what I'm saying. But me personally, if I were auditioning, I, I or when I'm in auditions, that healthy, performative, I'm centering myself. Yeah. Um, I, it's not a thing that, that impresses me. Yeah. Um, I would much rather, and then I, and I know people who are like, oh my God, I wish they had taken that beat taken the between beat, yeah. the two monologues because I couldn't tell where one started and where one began. And actually, <laughs> I like that. I, I like that kind of audition. Yeah. We're not saying one is better than the other. We're saying that everybody has preferences. And the, the, for the most part, the people that came through this time, a lot of the young ones, and maybe it is something that's, that's being taught. That's what I'm just curious if it's being taught um, that way, yeah. They're being taught to take like that healthy kind of like, I'm starting now, and now I'm finished. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's what it is. I know that's what it was at Booker T. Yeah. Um, in my class, I was like, no, nah, don't do that. I just want to see you go in from one to the other. Um, so yeah, everybody does it differently. Um, the, we and we got such a rain. There was there were a couple of recurring monologues where they got. It, it, yeah. it, that, that doesn't bother us, but it, that's always interesting. What the sort it's of monologue du jour is. Yeah, yeah, like we got the ladies did a proof monologue. Pro, yeah, proof was, was yeah. really popular. Which was like proof yeah. is kind of <laughs> it's kind of old now. Um, but we we heard a lot of proof, and we heard what was the what was the one that the the guys were doing? Um, there was one that we heard that a lot of the guys were doing, and remember. that's always fun. It's always fun because every every the only new thing you know it's like Shakespeare, right? It's like when you do Hamlet, you're not going to discover anything new about Hamlet. Everything that's been discovered about Hamlet has been discovered. The only new thing that you're bringing to Hamlet is yourself. Yeah, that's the thing that's new about the role, and so seeing different people come in and do that, that one monologue, you're always like, oh, that's an interesting take. That is also an interesting take. That's an interesting take because you have people with different lived experiences saying the words. And that's, that's always really cool. We did have a lot of monologues about, I don't know, maybe we're developing a reputation or something because these are smart actors. And maybe they go and they look at our season and they go, this is the kind of stuff they go for, or this is the kind of stuff they're doing. This is the kind of monologue I'm going to do. We had a lot of um, monologues about like 
babies dying or like like uh, killing pets. <laughs> That's right. Uh, <laughs> or like throwing a baby out the window. <laughs> and serious, you know? Um, and we were like, oh my God, that was such a great monologue, but now I'm super sad. <laughs> well, we had one person come in and did a monologue where they break the cat's neck and, and really good, very well performed. And then someone else came in and did a monologue about becoming a, a, a father and throwing the baby out the window. And we were all like, oh my God. <laughs> God. Um, and you know, the kind of shows we're doing. Well, um, you know, it's so when those, those people who take a really serious turn in their monologues, which it's always very, it's effective. always, yeah. A lot of people in those go for comedy. They, they find a monologue that they just know is going to be super funny. And so when we get a super serious one, sometimes we've been so trained for people to go to comedy, we're waiting for it to uh -huh. turn we're funny and then turn, it doesn't turn it funny. It doesn't turn funny. Um, <laughs> It was, this time around was delightful for the singers because, you know, we're doing Gilbert and Sullivan, which isn't always, there. Gilbert and, some of Gilbert and Sullivan is problematic. I understand that. We are not doing one of the problematic ones. Um, it's just about pirates. Um, and um, so we had a lot of people coming in either doing Gilbert and Sullivan songs or Gilbert and Sullivan-esque songs. And if you're familiar with it, it's a lot of patter. Yeah. It's a lot of like wordy patter. And sometimes people would go off on the lyrics and just continue. They'd go like, I am the very model of And they would keep going. And it became like this fun thing of like, but you kept going, you were on key. And yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, if you find, I, I think a universal sort of takeaway is if you see the uh, auditioner enjoying what they're doing, regardless of what it is, or invested in what they're doing, all those things, it, it just always works. Because, and it's understandable. Some people come in going, oh God, yeah, I gotta do this, I, I gotta know. do the generals, and I, under me. I understand the why. Um, but all of the success, so it's sort of regardless of what the material is, if we see you um, enjoying it, invested in it, it goes a long way. Um, one of the, there was, everyone, like I said, everyone came in prepared and were great. Um, I mean, across the board, great auditions. The, the combination to monologue winner for me. <laughs> <laughs> because you, in a million years, like in an audition class, they would probably say, "Do not do Don't this. Don't ever do this. This is the worst idea ever." And but the the they were committed to it. It was it was good. It was prepared. <laughs> I, I want to I don't want to call it anybody's names, but we just it was just like the winning combination of monologues, unlikely combination, was um, uh, uh, the first monologue uh, was. Oh my God! I just forgot the name of that play. Um, uh, Marianne Galloway and Ashley Wood did it several years ago. They sign. Um, uh, uh, oh God, I just lost the name. Sign. Uh, they're both deaf or hard of hearing, and they sign. Uh -huh. What is the name of that play? I don't know. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh, that's terrible. I'm a terrible theater person, but I just uh, lost the name. Children of a. Children of a God. Thank you. Yeah. And um, and and this actor did the audition, and they signed the whole thing. It was unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And then they went into a greater tuna monologue. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And you, and you were just like, because you started with this very 
powerful, potent piece, and then into the arguably done way too often greater yeah. tuner. <laughs> for me, it, for me, it was the very, very serious, the very, very serious model. And I don't remember what what the play was, but started with a very serious monologue, a father, uh, you know, lamenting how he. It, you know, unknowingly raised his son to be like a, a horrible Nazi. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was very moving and very touching. And then immediately went into a monologue, a spoken word version of the theme for Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> That's right. That was so, uh, it was lots of fun. And it was really well done. Yeah. Um, that one was, that one was my favorite. We had actors come in who got super physical. Yeah. You know, we have actors who like rolled on the floor and were had fights with themselves on stage, and and sometimes you're like, oh my god, are they gonna rush us? Um, and then we had actors who just kind of like, you know, planted themselves and kind of looked us in the eye and told us the truth, the way you know Spencer Tracy approached acting, which was like, plant your feet and tell the truth. Yeah. And both of those things are so are so great when the actor, like you said, is committed and is enjoying. I think for me, like, the key to choosing monologues when you're going to go out there, and yeah, I mean, there, there's stuff that's appropriate. I guess there's stuff that you can go like, this is my age range. I do this really well because I, whatever, whatever it is that the schools are telling you now, but happily, a lot of that stuff is changing. If the words, if you love the words and you love how the words feel and sound coming out of your mouth, then that's the monologue that you need to be doing. And if you find a truth in it that you can convey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, like somebody did, uh, um, someone who identifies as female did a Romeo monologue. That was great. And it was great. Not just because of that, the novelty of doing that, because mm -hmm. of the truth they found in it and how invested they were. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what made it. Yeah. And someone came in and, and who was a, a, a identified as a man and did a, a, a female monologue from Winter's Tale. And it was really, really, really great. And because of that reason, a young woman came in and did a monologue. She's in her early 20s and did a monologue clearly meant for somebody in their 40s, you know, yeah. or something like that. But she found her truth in it. Yeah. And um, and it was lovely. And it's, I know, I happen to know this actor, and it's, she always reads older mm. than what she really is. And so the monologue matched the sentiment of how she feels in the world. Um, and it was wonderful. You know, in, in, in the old days, they used to say to you, you can't do that monologue because you're not an ingenue. And that was me. I'll, I'll speak in terms of I right now. Um, as a young actor going to school, I was always like the, the character actors. I was always like the friend or I was cast as the mom or the funny aunt or the grandma or whatever. And it's because I've always been like a bigger, curvier girl. And... The ingenue has always been like the slender, you know, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed blonde or whatever, which they also, I mean, that's a problem for them too. Like sometimes those actors also want to play character roles and they always get cast as the ingenue. 
Um, and all of those things are changing now, and we, which is, it, is so great. There was a time when if you were like a curvier girl, you would not, they would tell you, you cannot pick an ingenue monologue. Nobody will believe it. And nowadays, all of that has gone out the window, which is fantastic because if you are in your 20s and you identify as a woman, doesn't matter what you look like, you are an ingenue and you can do an ingenue monologue. And, and the same is, is true for in the reverse, you know? So yeah, like anything that you like, anything that you find truth in is the thing that you should be doing in the audition room. Um, in, in the end, it was a very encouraging and exciting. We're so thankful uh, for everyone who came in. And it was a nice sort of middle finger to the onslaught of articles yeah. uh, right now about uh, the American theater circling the drain. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, that's... There, I mean, there are theaters having problems right now. We totally get that. But actors in this town are alive and well and training and working hard. And it's, it's heartwarming and delightful to see. And I just want folks out there to know that there's so much talent in this town. Go support local theaters go support your local actors you know you you think that you go to new york and you're like oh i'm gonna go see new york actors none of those actors are from new york <laughs> those actors are from like places like dallas and out in the provinces that go to new york to become actors but there's so much talent here that we need to we need to support it here um what else i was gonna i was gonna say something else about that um we're also really happy that that I, I read a lot of, you're not on social media, Jeffrey, but I am, and I read a lot of comments from actors who came in um, just saying that what a great experience it was for them to come to these auditions. And, and I just want everyone to know out there that that is not a coincidence, that that is one of our values, and we strive to be a place where, where if you're an actor, you can come in and you will be made to feel safe in the room so that you can do your best work. And we take that all the way, not just in rehearsal, but in the audition room, we also want to do that. So thanks for, thanks for that, for, for noticing it, because that's not an accident. Yeah. Yeah. Um, today's a short one, because we have so many other things to do. We're, we're busy producing our next drunk musical theater history uh, video. We're shooting that tomorrow. It's a lot of fun and very silly and I don't know why I continue to get drunk and put myself on video, but there it is. So thanks for joining us on We Didn't Do It! Uptown Drama! Thank you everybody! Bye bye!